Last time in this Reads from the Analyst mini-series, we look back to the birth of the Premier League, where Manchester United ruled the roost in collecting four out of the opening five titles. But heading into 1997, the league began to distinguish itself from the previous top flight of English football. In this episode, we will look back on the epic battles between United and Arsenal as the turn of the millennium came and the brand continued to grow. Don't forget, you can read more great storytelling like this every day on TheAnalyst.com and I'll have more insight for you at the end of this episode. But first, please listen to The Treble, The Invincibles and The Flying Dutchman by Oliver Hopkins. season. If there is one Premier League season that marked the transition from the old First Division to the cosmopolitan global brand we now know, then this is probably it. Frenchman Arsene Wenger, who had moved to Arsenal in 1996 from Japanese club Nagoya Grampus 8, made history when he became the first foreign manager to win the English League. Unbeknownst to everyone at the time, Wenger was blazing a trail for others to follow. The hiring of a foreign manager had been seen as a major risk. Now, it has become the established norm within the league. Since Wenger's success in this season, Alex Ferguson is the only British manager to have clinched the top-flight crown. Wenger's arrival at Highbury ushered in a new era of change. Gone were the days of rigid tactical stability, replaced with a new philosophy, putting an emphasis on a fast-paced attacking style, which was backed up by new diet and nutrition plans, as well as a more scientific approach to training. His intellectual approach to the game was hailed, even if some were more sceptical. They say he's an intelligent man, right? Speaks five languages. I've got a 15-year-old boy from the Ivory Coast who speaks five languages. It was certainly a frosty start to relationships between Wenger and Ferguson and a precursor of what was to come. On the pitch, though, and after a period of goal-scoring decadence in the initial years of the Premier League, in which the lowest-scoring Golden Boot winner was Teddy Sheringham with 22 back in the 92-93 season, this campaign saw no individual player manage to score more than a paltry 18. That in itself proved a history-making mark, as the award was shared amongst more than one player for the first time, with Dion Dublin, Michael Owen and Chris Sutton all ending the season level. Unsurprisingly though, this is the joint lowest number of goals needed to win the Golden Boot. Surprisingly though, the mark was matched the following season by Owen, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Dwight York marking the first time in history that a non-English player finished first in the scoring books. Liverpool youngster Owen burst onto the scene in some style during the campaign, becoming the youngest hat-trick scorer aged just 18 years and 62 days, a record he still holds to this day. In fact, he has contributed to three of the five youngest hat-tricks that have ever been scored in the Premier League era. And continuing the youth theme, when Attilio Lombardo took charge of Crystal Palace against Aston Villa in March of 98, 
he set the mark for the youngest manager in the competition's history, a record the Italian still holds at 32 years and 67 days old. Unfortunately, he could not rescue the club from relegation though, joining Barnsley and Bolton in dropping down to the first division. It is still the only season in which all three promoted teams went straight back down. season. Arsenal's title under their revolutionary foreign manager clearly provoked Ferguson into a reaction the following year. In a season that has lodged itself firmly into Manchester folklore, they became the first and only English club to win the treble of the Premier League, FA Cup and Champions League. United were crowned champions by just a single point after an epic title race that saw them win 14 and draw the remainder of their last 20 games. Rivals Arsenal won 15 during the same run, but a crucial defeat to Leeds put United's fate in their own hands, and as customary with Ferguson's United, they did not blink. Amidst all that excitement though, what is not remembered is the relative paucity of goals. Indeed, the 49 goalless draws during the campaign remained the most seen in a 20-team season. Arsenal's defence might feel hard done by though, with their efforts not being rewarded with another title. A mean back four consisting of Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn, Tony Adams and Martin Keown conceding just 17 goals, the fewest of any non-title winning side in the competition's history. And if Fenger's arrival and title victory was an overt indicator for the way the league was about to change, then Aston Villa's game against Coventry in February of 1999 was a subtle yet powerful confirmation of this. Villa named a fully English starting 11, the last time a Premier League team named a lineup comprising of only Englishmen. As Bob Dylan once sung, the times they are a changing. 1999-2000 season. By now, the beast was well and truly awoken at Manchester United. Ferguson's side won their sixth title at an absolute counter, finishing 18 points clear of second. This was the record gap between first and second in the competition up until the 2017-18 campaign when Pep Guardiola's Manchester City topped their rivals by 19 points. During this campaign, United displayed a crazed obsession with attacking football, scoring 97 goals and three or more goals in half their league fixtures en route to the Premier League title, a record at the time and one that wouldn't be broken for another 10 years. Despite this glut of goals, it was Kevin Phillips who scooped the golden boot, scoring 30 in the process. This feat was made all the more impressive by the fact he was playing for Sunderland, who finished in 7th. His total of 16 away goals remains a record, with Alexis Sanchez and Sergio Aguero coming the closest to matching that feat, just one strike shy. At the other end of the pitch though, United's defence shipped 45 goals, more than any other champion, 
and four teams, Liverpool, Aston Villa, Chelsea and Leeds, kept more clean sheets than them. The Premier League did finally wave goodbye to Wimbledon at the end of this campaign, though. They can consider themselves unfortunate, as the London side spent just eight days in the relegation zone, the fewest for any team who would eventually be relegated. It's 2000-2001 season. It may have been a new millennium, but the Manchester United juggernaut continued to rumble on as they secured a seventh title on the 14th of April with a 4-2 win against Coventry City. This is the earliest date a Premier League champion has been crowned. In doing so, Ferguson's side became the first to win the title in three consecutive seasons. Again, they did so without much struggle. Arsenal once again the bridesmaid with 70 points, the second lowest figure for a second place side after Newcastle's 68 in the 96-97 season. And to compound the misery that Ferguson's side repeatedly inflicted on their Manchester rivals, City's relegation this season meant that the Sky Blues became the first side to be relegated from the top flight on 10 different occasions. So maybe after enduring such a painful era of inadequacy, it is hard to begrudge City's current period of dominance over their neighbours. Well, maybe. This campaign also brought four seasons of David Beckham brilliance to an end. The midfielder recorded 10 or more assists for the fourth straight campaign, an achievement that only has been matched by Tottenham's Christian Eriksen from 2015 until 2019. And in December of 2000, Ledley King made history by scoring after 9.82 seconds against Bradford for Spurs. His record of scoring the fastest goal in league history stood for 18 years and 135 days, until Shane Long netted after just 7.69 seconds for Southampton against Watford. season. After two seasons of processions, this campaign provided fans with a genuine title race. United began the season looking to become the first team to win the English League title on four consecutive occasions. In the end, though, they could only manage a third place finish. This was the first time they'd finish outside the top two since 1991 the longest stretch of top two finishes in Premier League history and joint longest in the history of the English top flight. Liverpool also had 10 consecutive top two finishes between 1981 and 1991 and only a 5th place finish in the 1980-81 season prevented them from 18 consecutive top two finishes. It was Arsenal who capitalised on United's shortcomings clinching their second Premier League title and becoming the first and so far only side to score in every single game during the campaign. Key to that achievement were French duo Thierry Henry and Robert Perez. Henry finished the season as top scorer with 24 goals, winning the first of his four Golden Boot awards, whilst Perez topped the assist chart with 15. 
The Gunners were relentless throughout the campaign, becoming the first side to remain unbeaten away from home across an entire campaign with 14 wins and 5 draws. They also won their final 13 games of the season, which at the time was the longest run in the competition. By beating Birmingham on the opening weekend of the following season, they stretched this feat out to 14, a record that stood until Manchester City's run of 18 in 2017. season. With nine games to go in the following season, Arsenal looked like they were on course to successfully defend their Premier League crown, eight points clear of United and looking particularly unstoppable at Highbury. However, a visit from the Red Devils and a Ryan Giggs equaliser that salvaged a point for United sent Arsenal into a wobble that turned into a tailspin. Soon after, a trip to Sam Allardyce's Bolton Wanderers saw them squander a two-goal lead to draw, and the next week they saw themselves shocked 3-2 by Leeds at Highbury, which sent the trophy back to Old Trafford. This is perhaps the first example of Ferguson's men triumphing over Arsenal when they had little right to do so, and planting the seeds of doubt that would haunt the Gunners for the next decade. In his second season at Old Trafford, Ruud van Nistelrooy finished as top scorer with 25 goals, pipping Henri to the accolade by a single strike. The Dutchman scored in each of the final eight fixtures of the season, before netting in the first two of the following campaign, setting the record for scoring in the most consecutive matches. Jamie Vardy would eventually break this as part of Leicester's improbable run to the title in the 2015-16 season, ironically doing so against Van Nistelrooy's former club in his 11th straight game. Nevertheless, this remained a golden period for the Dutchman, who scored 44 in all competitions. No Premier League player has ever netted more in a single campaign. And despite missing out on the golden boot, Henri did set a mark of his own as a creative force, with his 20 assists the most by any player, a record still yet to be broken, although it was equaled by Kevin De Bruyne in the 2019-2020 season. In more statistical surprises, James Beattie scored 23 of Southampton's 43 league goals this season, at 53.5%, this is the highest ratio by any player in a season. At the bottom end of the table, there was not such celebrations for West Ham United though, who were relegated despite registering 42 points. This is the highest total that's proved not enough for any side in a 38-game season. season. It's one of the most famous stat lines in English football. Played 38, won 26, drew 12, lost none. Arsenal's Invincibles winning the Premier League title without losing a single game, making them only the second side to go an entire league season unbeaten in the English top flight after Preston back in the 1888-89 season. During this run, 
everything Thierry Henry touched turned to gold. A star-studded cast of the likes of Patrick Vieira and Dennis Burkamp merely played supporting roles as the Frenchman powered his team to the title with four games to spare, his 30 goals, his best haul in a single campaign. Elsewhere, JJ Okocha had 137 attempts on goal without scoring. Now, he might have been so good that they named him twice, but no players had more than 82 shots in a single season without scoring since. Although it may come as no surprise for Middlesbrough and Liverpool fans to see Stuart Downing's efforts earn himself an unwanted double spot in the top five. Someone slightly more successful in front of goal was Portsmouth's Teddy Sheringham, who netted the first hat-trick of the season against Bolton. At the ripe age of 37 years and 146 days, he became the oldest hat-trick scorer in the competition's history. There was also a rare three-way relegation tie, with Wolves, Leeds and Leicester finishing on 33 points each. It's still the only time in English top flight history where three teams have gone down on the same points. This episode has been dominated by the intense rivalry between Arsenal and Manchester United, but Chelsea's second place finish was a sign of the changing of the guard after a Russian businessman by the name of Roman Abramovich had purchased the Blues in July. It sparked the end of Wenger and Ferguson's era of dominance, and soon the emergence of the Big Four. All of that to come next time. That was The Treble, The Invincibles and The Flying Dutchman, researched by Matt Furness and Oliver Hopkins, with music from Audio Network, additional voice work by John Reeve, and read and produced by me, Graham Bell. This has been a production for The Analyst, home of data-driven storytelling, which features great in-depth articles from across the sporting world, as well as specialised data visualisations and some tricky quizzes to show off your sporting knowledge to your friends and family. All of this is on theanalyst.com now, And why not give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram too? You'll find us at OptaAnalyst. You can continue to get lost in the reads from The Analyst by subscribing on your preferred podcast application like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many others. And we would also love for you to rate and review the show too. Don't forget, the rest of this mini-series is already available to listen to as we have looked back on the incredible history of the Premier League. But for now, it's so long from everyone at The Reads from the Analyst. (laughs) 